0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I'm so thankful that all of you are here this morning. Um, Last week I, I talked about Relate and if you missed that message, I would encourage you, if you're, whenever you're feeling down or you're feeling beat up or you feel like you've blown it, go back and listen to that message because I talked about how Peter was restored back into this relationship with Jesus and also back into ministry that maybe he thought that he'd blown it. And so if, if you need some encouragement, I encourage you to go back and, and check that out. And we've had some comments about the slides not being up on the screen long enough. Well, there's a solution to that there's an app for that it's called the U version and uh, if if you can go back and or you can go on there and you can view all of the scriptures from today and they'll be up there for a week all the sermon points and if you need some help with that see pastor christine or see julia or see one of these youngsters back here and they can they can fix you up because that way you can go back and you can look at the scriptures and you can review the points throughout the coming week the, the Lord is wanting to reveal his heart and his plans to us. And he's speaking to us. He has been speaking to us, and he's speaking to us now. And the, the purpose and the reason that, that the Lord speaks to us is to help us, to guide us, to, to warn us sometimes to, for protection. But the Lord is speaking to us. Are we listening? So today I'm going to be talking about reveal. When Going back to what I talked about last week, when Peter understood that Jesus had forgiven him after he had denied Jesus three times, you remember the story, he said, Jesus, I'll die for you. I will never deny you. And Jesus said, before the rooster crows three times tomorrow, you will deny me. And, and when Peter understood that he was not only forgiven, but restored back into this relationship Jesus also told him he had a calling. Hey, get off that boat and quit fishing and get out there and share the gospel, the good news. And so Peter began to step out and do that and and God moved powerfully through Peter's life. And the Lord is speaking to us today. And what is he giving us to do? What is he commanding us to do? My first point this morning is the spiritual realm impacts the physical. And the physical realm impacts impacts the spiritual. Yes. So think about this for a moment, the spiritual realm impacts the physical. Think about the children of Israel when they were going into the promised land. God said, take the first city Jericho, march around the city 7 times and on the 7th day scream and shout and yell and and the walls fell down. So what happens here is God gives us direction and insight through the Holy Spirit. And then there's something that happens in the physical to precipitate what God has called us to do. And so when you you think about this, the children of Israel, they marched around, they got direction from the Lord, they marched around the city seven times, and then God did something supernatural. But the second part of this this statement is the physical impacts the spiritual as well. Because then they moved into this area where they begin to change the environment, the culture. They begin to bring God into these, the culture of the tribes that lived there. If you think about it, when God wants to do something, he's going to reveal something to us spiritually. He's going to speak to us. And then there's a physical response. Well, what is the middle piece of that? What is, the, what is it that causes the facilitation of God's Spirit to move? Many times it's you and I. Because God will speak to us, and then that requires an action for us to go forth, which then is fruitful in bringing something spiritual to pass. So, for instance, the Lord uh, told, told me to go buy the property that we own. Okay, so right now, we're going out there and we're praying. every every wednesday but what happened was when god told me to go and this wasn't an audio audio, ver, uh, audio uh, uh, voice it was just in my spirit i knew that god was speaking to me and and what the lord told me what i was impressed with is that if you don't buy this you're going to regret it go and buy this land and so it required then to go to the bank and, and get that process moving. And God opened up doors for us to buy the 13 acres. It went smoothly. Now, we've had some challenges since then because the enemy doesn't want what is going to happen on our property. But so God said, go buy the land. We went and bought the land. And now what's happening is that we go out there and pray every Wednesday from 10 to 11. If you're off on Wednesdays, come out and join us in prayer. And what happens with prayers, we're changing the environment. We're changing the culture around us by the power of our prayers. We've been praying for Jesus revival. So when we when we look at this this statement, the spiritual realm impacts the physical. And the physical impacts the spiritual because as we begin to pray, and, and one day we'll have a church building out there, we will be impacting the physical aspect of the world around us, the people in our neighborhood. The hundreds of houses that are going to be built right right by us so we need to understand that we need to hear from the lord and get direction from the spiritual so that we can move forward in the physical if we're going to move in the power jesus said we could move in and operate in the power that he said we could operate in we need to listen and obey jesus said the same things i've done and even greater will you be able to do That's a promise that he gave us. And so it requires us hearing from the Lord, receiving from the Holy Spirit, and then activating that by faith and going out and and doing something. We sang about it today, about breakthrough. I believe by faith God will do miracles. It takes faith. And many times it just takes us getting off our tail and going and doing what he's asked us to do. And then he does the work. But he could do it. But what, what did he say in Genesis? He said, I've given you authority, dominion over the earth. So are we operating in the manner in which we were created to operate in? God says, hey, I've given you dominion and authority. If you got to work and your boss says, hey, I want you to do this project, he's giving you direction, but he's trusted you. He's empowered you to, to go forth and do it, Right. And so the Lord is speaking to us. He's looking for people that will say, here am I, Lord, send me. Because my agenda is your agenda, God. And whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. And so we're wanting to see God move in that kind of power that he said we can move in. But we need to be listening. And we need to be obeying. Let's go to John fourteen twenty one. We talked about this last week, I think. It was those who accept my commands... And obey them accept God's commands and obey them are the ones who love me so if we say that we love God then we're going to uh, demonstrate that by obeying his commands and because they love me my father will love them let's skip to the end of uh, verse 21 and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them so God is wanting to reveal himself to us but imagine that uh, your, your spouse or someone, a close family member, a close friend, says, hey, I want to I reveal my heart to you. I want to share something with you. you. You do that because you have a relationship and, and there's a trust factor there. God, trust us. God has this relationship with us where he's speaking to us. He's giving us insight and, and, and helping us navigate through the challenges of life. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit coming multiple times to the disciples. He told them many times, several times. He said, look, I'm going to die. I'm going to go away. I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm not leaving you stranded. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And just wait for it because the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out when I leave. So he says in John 16, 13 through 15, when the Spirit of truth comes... He's saying, when the Spirit of truth comes, I want you to wait for it. But before we read on, let's skip back or let's go back to chapter 14. And Jesus is talking to Thomas directly. And he says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus not only gives us truth, he is truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me, not through your good works. Not through buying your way into heaven. Not through Muhammad or or Buddha or, or, or doing all these other things. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, now he's talking to Thomas here. He said, if you'd really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And they say, well, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. He's like... I've just told you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's this relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Imagine that you have a glass of water, and you put some sugar in that, in the the water. You stir it up till the sugar is dissolved. And then you take some food coloring, and you put a little food coloring in there, and you mix it up. So now you've got this glass of colored water, sugar water, right? You take a straw, and you take a sip out of it. It's going to taste like sugar water, because it's a homogeneous solution where the uh, sugar has uh, dissolved in the water, and, and the coloring, the food coloring, is, is, you know, mixed up in the water. So it's one, one solid piece of water, right? Now I know you could go and separate those things out, but when we look at that, we see one homogeneous God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You can't separate them just like you could not really separate the sugar, take the sugar out of the water or the food coloring out because it's all one. And what part of what I want us to understand today is how connected God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are. And so we're going to see that. So we just see here where Jesus is telling Thomas, he said, "Look, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. We are one. We we're not separate." Um, let's go to John 16, 13 when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth deception often involves some truth but may not reveal the whole truth think about when uh, Satan deceived uh, Eve in the garden did God say you couldn't eat of any of the trees? You couldn't have fruit from any of the trees in the garden? No. He said we could eat of all the fruit except this one tree. And have you ever had this experience where maybe someone has told you something, but they didn't tell you the whole truth? And, and what they tell you leaves a perception that um, maybe, oh, they were wrong in that. They, they should have never done that. But then you find out the rest of the story, and you're like, well, wait a minute. They, they did do the right thing or whatever. I mean, I've, we probably all had this happen to us where somebody goes and talks about you, and they'll tell somebody something, which is true, but they haven't shared the whole truth. And if, if the other person knew the whole truth, they'd be going, oh, well, wait a minute. You were in the wrong, not them. And so the enemy is doing that. The enemy wants us to buy the lies. And narratives often have a built-in, deceptive bias. Narratives often have a deceptive, built-in bias. And and so when we look at social media, what people are presenting, what they want you to see. Have you ever seen a picture of someone, and then you meet them in real life, and you're like, that's you? Yeah. (laughs) You look a little different on social media. You look about 30 years younger. And so there's this deceptiveness that can creep into our lives when we watch the news. Are we getting the full truth? And and now with the midterms coming up, you've seen the ads, and one politician will say this about the other one, and you're like, oh, wow, okay. And then you hear the other one, and you're like, well, well, wait a minute. What he was saying was a lie. That, That wasn't true. And so we need to understand all of the truth and be careful what we read and what we receive, understanding that many times the narrative has a bias to it to uh, cause you to lean one way or the other. So the Holy Spirit has come to reveal all truth to us. And that's why we need to be listening to Him and not some of the other voices around us. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Verse 13 continues, He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He's heard. Holy Spirit is revealing God's heart to us. Jesus is speaking to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Holy Spirit is revealing God's heart to us. Are we listening John 16, 13, he, the Holy Spirit, will tell you about the future. How awesome. How awesome that is that God has this relationship with us where he's telling us about things to come. And it's not like a crystal ball where, oh, you know, and we may not see the whole uh, event or we may not see the whole picture. But God is giving us some insight And revelation, I wanted to call this this message today revelation, but I thought, oh, people are going to think I'm going to be teaching on the book of revelation. But what I'm talking about really is revealing, God revealing to us, God giving us understanding and revelation to help us navigate through the challenges of life. So as we begin to pray about a situation or a relationship or whatever, God can give us insight into those things and he will tell us about the future. And I know I've talked about this recently quite a bit, but in 2019, the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, we're in a reset, 11 months before COVID hit. And then after that, uh, months and even years later, other pastors were getting this insight and revelation of a reset. I started hearing this word, reset, reset. And then in 2020, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. Another word that the Lord gave, gave to me. That I shared with you guys. The world as we know it. And I think there are two elements of this. Can you come up here? I think that the world as we know it will soon come to an end. But I also felt like uh, one of us is the Lord. You be the Lord. Okay. Uh, the, world right. is the, the world as we know it. Yes. So it, there were two. Thank you. Didn't she do a great job? <laughs> I think the Lord was saying the world as we know it but also there was a personal element to it it's like hey son the world as we know it's going to come to an end and I think we've definitely seen that that's that's a true word and then in 2021 he said prepare it's like the Lord is saying hey hey I I want to share my heart with you I want to give you some insight here because I love you because we have this relationship and then this year, are you prepared for my return? And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this word? And he said, share it with, with the family. Share it with the congregation. Are, are we ready for his return? And then he said, I'm returning soon. So God wants to reveal his heart to us. But are we positioned in a place to receive from him? And so almost every Sunday morning, I pray, Lord, open our spiritual eyes, that we may see into the spiritual realm what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do. Let your word come alive to us, not that we're just seeing physically, but that we're seeing spiritually what you're trying to do. Let us hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts so that we're hearing your voice Above our own voice, above the voice of the culture and the world and social media and everything. Lord God, we want to hear your voice. And then, Lord God, open our hearts to receive what you have for us. Jesus is still speaking of the Holy Spirit here in John 16, 14. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So again, we've seen where God, uh, Jesus and the Father are one. And we're seeing here where he will bring me glory by telling you what he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit is receiving from Jesus. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Back to John 14, 26. Jesus is speaking here. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, when the Father sends the Holy Spirit, the, the advocate, the counselor. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. Have you ever had the Lord speak to you or show you something or reveal something to you? And then maybe years later you remember, Oh, yeah, I remember what the Lord told me. I remember years and years ago that the, I had a word of prophecy given to me that I was called to preach. And now, now we see that fulfillment. And so sometimes the Lord, and that's why I encourage you to journal. If you're not, you know, whenever you spend time with the Lord, journal, write it down so you, so you can go back and look at it if you want to. But many times the Lord will reveal something to us, and we'll kind of forget about it in our day to day life because maybe this is something that happened years ago, but the Holy Spirit will remind us. So we don't have to have a perfect memory. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit will remind us of things because of this relationship and because of his desire to help us and, and to guide us and lead us. Jesus told his disciples that he was sending the Holy Spirit. And that happened on the day of Pentecost. But now we have the Holy Spirit resident in us. And so we can walk in the power and the dominion that God has given to us We can walk in the freedom of knowing God is leading us and directing us, and we don't have to necessarily work everything out. We just need to follow His lead. So my first point is the spiritual realm impacts the physical, and the physical realm impacts the spiritual. The second point this morning is, are we taking the Lord's insight and direction seriously? So last year, the Lord told us, prepare. Are we taking that word seriously? Look at the world and what's going on around us. Many say that we're headed into a recession. Economic indicators don't look promising. So if the Lord has said, hey, I want you to prepare, that that word prepare, I think, has a a multiplicity of meanings. I think we are to prepare our relationship with him, that we're to continue to grow in him. But maybe it means more than that. Maybe it means that we need to tighten our belt on our spending and we need to look ahead Listen, if it looks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So we can not only see what's happening in the economy physically as we go to the store and pay $3 for a loaf of bread. God has been speaking to us and saying, prepare. So there's a multiple uh, layers there that we need to be open to him and receptive to him. And listening to him, talking about money, you know. Talk, well, let me go back to this. We're talking about the spiritual and then the physical. Um, are you buried in debt? The word says that the borrower is servant to the lender. Do you have a Master Card? Who's your master? So, so you see that that even in that context, the the spiritual. Has an impact on the physical. If if we don't get in debt, do you know the number one reason for divorce today is financial reasons? Do you do you have three to six months money set aside in case there's a tragedy, something happens, you lose your job, or you have your air conditioner goes out or something? God has given us wisdom and insight. Uh, I've, we've talked about Barb's small group, Money God's Way, which is really talking about stewardship. And I've said, I want everybody that's a part of this church to go through that class. And she's doing a, a class right now. And there's, there's vacancies. So there's availability to get some help to implement the things that God has called us to do so that we can walk in the freedom because we're good stewards of what God has given us. God doesn't bless bad stewardship. And, and so, our, another thing, are we returning the first of our increase to the Lord? The first 10% of our increase belongs to Him. Are we doing that? Because God promises to supernaturally protect the 90% when we give the 10%. If we're not obeying that basic fundamental truth and teaching when things are good, what happens when things get bad? And I tell you what, we we need this. We need God's protection over our resources. And and many of you here, most of us here tithe. We know we've seen the hand of God where he is faithful in meeting our needs. We don't always get everything we want, but we have everything that we need when we obey him. We live in these uncertain crazy times. But we don't need to live in fear. When we're following the direction of the Lord, he promises to take care of us. And Paul was writing to Timothy. Let's go there in 2 Timothy 1, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Paul is telling Timothy, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Again, we see something spiritual that manifests in the physical. I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Right there, we see something—a transference of spiritual to physical. But we also see that Paul is telling, encouraging Timothy: Don't forget the gift. Don't forget the calling. Now go out and do it, because lives are at stake. People matter. Your life matters. What God has called you and I to do matters. Because it's the spiritual impacting the physical. That when it impacts the physical, has a spiritual result. As God calls us to obey and, and, and listen to Him and then go do something, and lives are changed, it has a spiritual impact. Where they get saved, where their, their marriage is healed, where their family is healed, where their their family members that don't have a relationship with Christ come into that relationship. And he says, Let me remind you to fan the flames. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self discipline. And so, when again, we've, we've looked at the scripture numerous times. He's not given us a spirit of fear, the fear is a spirit. And think about the narratives and the things that we see today, they're bringing fear to people, keep people bound up in fear. Well, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. So when we're walking with him, we don't need to be fearful of what's going on around us. We we need not fear about what's going to happen with the economy or 401K or any of that. Because God has promised to take care of us when we obey him. God does not give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a a spirit of power and love. When we understand who we are in Christ and, and what we can do if we stay connected to the source, it should reduce us from living in fear. And there's a whole world of people around us that need to know this message. You, you know people that are fearful? <laughs> they don't know what to do. God will reveal to us. But God is looking for people that are listening, that are willing and to yield to Him and obey Him. Chapter 3 uh, no, let's go to Second Timothy, yeah, chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. You should know this, Timothy. I love this because there's, a, there's two commas here. You should know this, comma, Timothy, comma. You should know this, Mark. You should know this, Steve. You should know this, Barb. That in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. He's talking about the future. No, he's talking about then. No, he's talking about the last days. For people will love only themselves and their money. Do we see that today? (laughs) (laughs) They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. I think because we live in a day of great grace that people think well I can just continue to to live in this sin and do these sinful things and you know on my deathbed or whatever I'll come back to God or I'll come to God and miss out on the blessings of walking through this life but people scoffing at God disobedient to parents and ungrateful (laughs) have you ever tried to help somebody and they're just like ungrateful like well I'm owed this you know I deserve this they will consider nothing sacred. Churches used to be open during the week where people could come and pray. But now, you know, they have to lock the doors because you have people that will come in and just steal. There's not The culture doesn't consider anything really sacred. Even life. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Think about some of the things we see going on in our culture today that we know are good, but yet the culture would say they're bad. And the things that are bad, they say, are good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Verse 5, they will act religious. The Pharisees and the religious leaders that Jesus dealt with, they seemed religious. They acted religious. They wore the robes. They had the prayer things on their wrists and on their head, their prayer boxes. And they had all these rituals. But Jesus called them actors. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. And so when Jesus was here, they rejected him. We have this relationship with the Lord. Are we rejecting the Holy Spirit? We may say, oh, well, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that God pours out His Holy Spirit. But are we allowing Him access into our lives to yield to? Are we yielding to Him? Are we allowing Him to guide us and lead us? Are we rejecting the things that can make us godly? Because God wants us to grow in our relationship and serve him. Acting religious doesn't equate to relationship or having power. The power comes from this relationship, this authentic relationship, where the Holy Spirit is working through our lives. And Paul tells Timothy in 3.5, he says, stay away from people like that. Stay away from the hypocrites. Stay away from the people that are acting religious but denying the power that could save them and and work through their lives that are denying the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for those people. But let it not be said of us that we are those people. Because as as we, we talked about earlier, those who accept the commands and obey them are the ones who love Jesus and He will reveal Himself to us. So my first point, the spiritual realm impacts the physical, and the physical realm impacts the spiritual. Second point is, are we taking the Lord's insight and direction seriously? The third point is, do we have a history of hearing and following directions from the Holy Spirit? This relationship where we're developing this sensitivity to hearing the Holy Spirit happens over time. I know that God can can just pour out and and like zap somebody, you know. But this, this is a long-term relationship where we're developing our sensitivity, where we're hearing God's small, still voice speaking to our hearts. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. This is why I remind you to fan, the flames, the spirit, uh, fan into flames the spiritual gift God has given you when I laid my hands on you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. And so that's an ongoing thing. It's not just on Sunday morning from 10 to 11, 15. Or our little popcorn prayer as we're driving to work. It's an ongoing thing that is significant to our lives. And it is significant to the people's lives around us. Because we all have a sphere of influence that nobody else in the world has. And so God is wanting to use us and work through our lives to impact the lost and dying world or even encourage one another. Do you ever need encouragement? And then the end of John 14, 21, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Back to John 16, 13, he will tell you about the future. So the Lord has been speaking to us. The Lord has given us over these past four years some significant words where he shared his heart with us. And that's not all. This is not all he's saying. God is speaking to you on other things. God is speaking to me. But are we prepared for the days ahead? Are we prepared for what's coming? Are we being good stewards?